Welcome back to EXPN. I'm Warren Rustborough. And I'm Dirk Bradley. After an astounding first two rounds, the third round of the midseason draft is near at hand. I thought for sure Halifon Orison would have taken that six share from Glenn Armistice. It would seem Gold Dragon has their eyes on independence. Meanwhile, Team White Rock has proven that cohesion is not a requisite for success, with Timur Yevgeny accepting a three-share from Intention, the spokesperson for the Bowery. That kick-happy vodka mancer's scrappier than a butcher's bucket and twice as full of blood. I once saw him kick a guy so hard his hair fell off. One thing's for sure, I want the name of his cobbler. Meanwhile, Hero Team Raptors Lament has just completed their diplomatic quest on Pi X-18, better known as the Shaking Wastes. Sounds like me after a night of sugar teenies. And before you ask, it's gin, simple syrup, and six maraschino cherries. It's rough going down, but a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. Glossing over that, Silvestala and Creed Cockerell were able to thwart an assassination of Craig Jemhide by the radical group known as the Granite Soul while Garn Goraburk and Kirian Moro successfully negotiated a peace treaty. Talk about living a sedimentary lifestyle. Dirk, that doesn't fit here. I know, but I rubbed that one out in the shower this morning and you never set me up for it. I got sick of waiting. You could always let me know ahead of time. I'd do literally anything to make you seem more clever than you actually are. Hey, thanks, Warren. In another exciting turn of events, it seems there's a tri-goblin here in the studios. I, for one, can't wait to meet him. I've never heard of such a creature. What can you tell me about them? Tri-goblin these nuts? Ha <laughs> ha! Well, that was embarrassing. We'll be right back after these messages. Team Gold Dragon stands face-to-face with Haniel, a battle angel from Hal's home plane. Hal, it is your turn. At the end of last episode, Hal used his bonus action to enter a rage. Hal is going to step up right in front of Iavos and try and cut down the undead warrior that is just recently... Oh, no, he's not the guy who stabbed Iavos because Iavos obliterated that dude. Mm. The other guy threatening... (laughs) <laughs> to stab Iavos, just in case Iavos can't pull that off a second time in a row. He's also going to tell the party, Stip one, everyone, take out these aids. She's going to bolster them and we don't want to have to deal with it. She's weak to necrotic Iavos. Don't bother with Radiant or Fire. And Hal's going to draw a gleaming sword from its sheath. The bone halberd didn't quite fit my golden aesthetic for the draft. <laughs> no. And I turn to look at this noble warrior in front of Iavos and I say, Sorry, cuz, serve thy liege in honor and faith. The blade begins to radiate heat beneath your fingers. And I attempt to strike him down. Beautiful. Give me that roll. From here, I will go ahead and recklessly attack. Sounds good. Yeah. I will recklessly attack. 19 to hit. That definitely hits. All right. One-handed longsword's a D8. It adds an extra D4 radiant. And as Hal slashes into this creature, I deal 13 points of damage. Excellent. What a cool sword. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you deal 13 damage. The blade cuts through its chain mail as though it isn't even there and slices into its belly. From it, that same congealed blood pours out. As Hal's blade glints as it cuts through this creature and the coagulated blood kind of glops to the ground, 
radiant figures emerge from behind Hal, flanking it, and I activate my Ancestral Protectors feature. Ooh, okay, how's that work? The first time I attack a creature while I am raging, that creature is effectively marked. It has disadvantage to attack anyone who is not me. Mm. If it successfully attacks anyone who is not me, that anyone has resistance to the damage it deals with that attack. Okay, that makes sense. Deal with me first, bitch. <laughs> that's that's good. Very tanky. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? No. We're gonna we're gonna call it there. Okay. We go back up to Captain Crossbow over here. They immediately take damage from the cloud of daggers. All of the gold glittering sparkles suspended in the air suddenly begin to spin and swirl and become miniature versions of Zillows mm. slicing and slashing this crossbowman. Nice. Roll that damage. 13. Nice. Okay. Not enough to bring it down. The blades pierce its chain mail, but it seems largely unaffected as it continues forward, dropping its crossbow and drawing its sword to attempt to deliver a killing blow to Gaspar. While at first it seemed largely unaffected, as pools of coagulated blood collect on the floor, it loses some of its steam, and the swing is sluggish and weak as it comes at Gaspar, who easily parries it away. Even with my tiny dagger, easy to parry. Mm-hmm. Your main gauche is pretty effective. Bolstered by the presence of the battle angel, it brings its blade back around for a second attack. It is an 18. Your main gauche is effective, but your secondary gauche is a pile of shit. <laughs> my secondary douche. Push somewhat to the brink, being alone and surrounded by so many combatants. Something clicks for Gaspar defensively, at least. And he is going to use his reaction to do uncanny dodge. Ooh, okay. How's that work? I spend my reaction and have the damage of an attack made towards me. I like it. Such a very good ability. Uh, You've got nine damage coming at you. Turning that to four. Excellent. A normal person would have been easily gutted by the strike. You move just out of the way and feel the blade cut across the skin of your stomach. And that brings us to Ialvis' turn. So the crossbowman who approached Gaspar, as he drops his crossbow in an effort to switch to melee, Ialvis is going to point to the crossbow and say, excuse me, you dropped something and cast catapult and hurl it back into him. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So he makes me a dexterity save, please. I like that a lot. That's very good. Uh, It got a flat nine. That's a flat, not enough. (laughs) It just physics glitches. It hits the ground. It wobbles a couple times and goes shooting off at high velocity in a random direction. (laughs) Uh, 17 bludgeoning damage to the back of his face. Ooh, that is in fact enough to fell the crossbowman. The crossbow itself launches at it with such incredible velocity that it doesn't matter that it happened to drive point first right into its torso because it simply rips the torso in half, dropping the top portion of it onto the ground Mm. in a wet clumpy mess. And now there is a crossbow at Gaspar's feet. There is. <laughs> How much damage it's taken is not for me to decide. <laughs> it probably took 17 as well, honestly. I'm going to go ahead and do a quick roll to see if it is uh, broken. It is not broken. Synergy! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you for your bountiful gifts. Looking for an opening to move away, I almost realizes that he's probably as safe as he can get here, so he's going to kind of Make himself as small as possible behind Halifon. <laughs> just, just squat. Yeah. 
Just try to exist a little less. <laughs> I like that. Okay, uh, and that brings it to Gaspar's turn. I pick up Ayavos' gift to me. <laughs> of course. Uh, it is functional. You do now have a crossbow. Unfortunately, you have only a single bolt. There is a quiver of bolts on this creature, but to remove it and don it, it would take the rest of your move. I only need one bolt at a time. <laughs> I'm going to run behind the pillar to my left, attempt to stealth from the other bowman with a 27. Okay. And I will return one of these quarrels to its rightful owner. <laughs> I like it. This is all charity. We're just returning yeah. goods. That is a 19 to hit. That definitely hits. For 15... For 21 points of damage. Good God. And so the coral is going to strike through this heroic soul. And as the coagulated blood, you said, this, mm-hmm. this thing has, blows backwards towards the angel. It is going to form into Nepet, charging... <laughs> In his own heroic way. I love the idea that you've just got this murderous book nerd on command. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and Nepet deals nine points of necrotic damage. Necrotic. Okay. Ooh, that's uh, right. 18 if she's weak to it. She is. That is double damage right there. Feel the wrath of my pointy blood nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Nebit collapses into a pile of old blood again, and the battle angel reels. That makes it her turn. This won't be pretty. I'm sorry, I just imagine Nebit kind of going through the battlefield like fucking Splatoon. Mm. (laughs) She begins to fly towards you. Idiot child. If you had simply remained in your bondage, I wouldn't have had to kill you. But needs must as the devil drives. She begins her multi-attack. First is a 25. That does it. <laughs> Let me try to do the math on this here. So right now with a two-handed, it's a 1d10. And it's 4d8 radiant damage. Oof. My healing yeah. does nothing. As she comes in in her flight, she drives the blade clean through your chest, dealing you 16 points of damage. I will use my reaction to uncannily dodge and tilt my chest just enough that my heart is not pierced. Beautiful. I am at one HP. (laughs) (laughs) You idiot. I blocked with my lungs. (laughs) (laughs) The most useless of the organs. And the second attack is a 21. Yeah, I couldn't prevent her from like just turning the blade. (laughs) But you did eat up all of her attacks and we love you for it. You've got four more. We don't know how many attacks she has. And this one deals more than one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. That's a 14 plus another. So 17. Um, I cannily drop. <laughs> clever, but not clever by half. As she draws the blade out, she thrusts it in again into your other lung, leaving you choking on your own blood. As Gaspar's body is actively reacting to being fatally wounded, the voice coming from this newfound head is calm and unaffected. There will be consequences for these actions (laughs) before the wisp then loses most of its brightness. As you fall, 
The two remaining warriors begin to glow with radiant light. They are bolstered by battlefield inspiration, adding 1d4 to their attack and saving throws this turn. That makes it Bowman's turn, who levels its bow at Penny. That is a 17. 17 is higher than the AC of my glitter dress. (laughs) Shocking. And it deals you four damage. Duly noted. Thank you. It then drops the bow, grabs its sword, and walks towards you, putting you in threat. We don't thank the DM for damage. (laughs) No manners here. (laughs) And that moves us on to Penny's turn. Penny has a determined look in her eye as she whispers to herself, A symbol of the object is the same as the object. A symbol of the object is the same as the object. And as she concentrates, her cloud of daggers dissipates and returns to her as her normal-sized sword and shield. Marvelous. I am going to eviscerate the newly sworded bowman. Please. Everybody seems to be trying to eviscerate things, so Mm -hmm. this is rock solid. Very visceral combat. Yeah. (laughs) I just blow shit up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got to trick my dice into rolling good. It's okay, baby. It, it, what? All rolls are good. No di- new dice, new day. Yeah. Yeah. No, everything's oh, good. Not going to be mad at your you. dice box. Reverse it. Yep. There we go. Mm. Oh, has my dice box just Excellent. been like facing the wrong way this yep. whole time? No. Okay. I should never use my dungeon master dice as a player because oh. that was. They're on the side of the dungeon master. Yeah. Yeah. No, I always want to roll bad when I'm dungeon master. That's a 12 total. Okay. That doesn't do it. Uh, <laughs> your blade rattles uselessly against its chainmail as it moves just out of the way. I expected as much. However, it's okay, Hal. There's one in every family. <laughs> and I cry. When angels deserve to die. <laughs> oh my god! Personal glory. Telephone <laughs> uh, Orson, you have bardic inspiration. Cool. I now have an ability called combat inspiration, which lets you use it on damage. Hey, that could be useful. Now I should use healing word on Gaspar and go wake up. Why don't you put a little makeup? I don't have a head. We are. We already did put a little makeup. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Is that the end of your turn? Yes. That moves it on to Axman's turn. Oh yeah, he hasn't gone yet. The man with the battle axe takes a aggressive swing at Iavos. He has disadvantage. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I still. I think. I think the twenty-four is still going to do it. Uh, <laughs> A figure that looks vaguely like some kind of rogue steps forward. A dagger comes up to try and block the blade, and yet the axe cuts right through the phantom image and drives itself deep into Iavos' shoulder. Is Nepet moonlighting? (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is a D10. Okay, that's coming at you with 11 slashing damage. And that's reduced to five thanks to the aura? Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, that, that, that rogue before expiring absorbed half of that damage for you. Nice. Uh, he then follows it up with his second attack. It then pulls the axe out of your shoulder and takes a second strike. And this one, with disadvantage, is a critical failure. Oh, goody. <laughs> As it pulls the axe out of your shoulder, the axe head comes off with it. Yikes. <laughs> leaving the blade buried in your shoulder, but now his weapon is 
functionally useless. This is a mixed bag. <laughs> and that makes it Halfon's turn. All right. Hal sees this happen and goes, good luck, bro. think you might have needed that. And <laughs> I hack at him with my sword again. I like it. Still reckless. All right, I'll take the 19 over the 3. So 25 to hit. That does it. Okie dokie. Uh, that's going to be 15, and since I really would like to make sure that this guy goes down, I'm going to go ahead and spend my inspiration from Penny to add an additional die to my damage. You can add a smite too? Maybe some sneak attack? Do you need more dice? I don't think he is quite worth a smite at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. He takes another four from Penny's words. Literally cutting words. <laughs> Uh, bolstered by Penny's assurance that it's okay to try to kill your aunt committing avunculicide. Side note to anybody who doesn't know. Uh, (laughs) You are able to strike just ever the more harder. Unfortunately, it still does not fell this axe-wielding maniac. That is disappointing. And that moves us back to the top of the initiative queue with Iavos. So Iavos is realizing the severe threat of this battle angel, uh, having just dealt with Gaspar so quickly. I'm going to move to the opposite side of this warrior that is fighting me and Hal. Conveniently getting a flank. (laughs) But I am going to shout to the battle angel, Listen here, you boastful crow! I renounce your divinity! It takes more than some harpy with chicken's wings and a gleaming sword to strike fear into the hearts of true warriors. (laughs) And I am trying to ajibate her (laughs) into targeting this old man. And as uh, I enact this taunt, I reach into my bag of coins and pull out a piece of silver from Zenith. Okay. I'd like you to go ahead and roll me a persuasion check. Okay. I know you're trying to intimidate her, but that just made me hungry for angel wings. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 13. Uh, That's going to be enough, specifically because you hit just the right notes. Mm -hmm. As you say these words, you see her turn in midair and say, was that a challenge? I don't challenge cowards. <laughs> okay. Are you going to do anything else with your turn? I'm going to prepare a first level spell for when she attacks. All right. That moves it to Gaspar's turn. You have been felled and are currently injured with one injury. Go ahead and roll me a death save. That's a 10. Success. Nice. Oh, just. Well done. Uh, you do not take another injury. Uh, that moves us to the angel's turn, who immediately flies over the other obvious threats and comes to land behind Iavos. When she gets to right behind me, hovering in the air with her majestic metallic wings, I am going to grip the coin and cast planar rejection. Mm. (laughs) Um, So all extra planar creatures within 10 feet of me, I am going to transmute it into an intelligence saving throw because I think her charisma is probably quite good. Okay. And they need to make a save or they're going to be affected by the spell, which will deal them damage. And if you're flying, it will drag you to the ground and knock you prone. That's so good. We'll say that it makes sense to me that in order to maintain their presence, especially as a powerful plural on this plane, they need to be exerting incredible mental force, uh, like a will to be what they are. Mm -hmm. And so you're effectively challenging that mental I'm also taking what I know about Hal and turning it into a potential relative of his. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. So what do I need to do? This is an intelligence saving throw for her and this warrior if he happens to be from the same plane. (laughs) 
Baby, that's two. It's two. <laughs> She's got magic resistance, though. She rolled that two. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Seven. Okay. Oh, that's nice. lower than my voice. <laughs> nice. All right. That's excellent. Are these ghost warriors also? They are not extra planar. Okay. Are right. they not plural? They're local corpses? Yeah. If I remember correctly, though, everybody takes damage, not just plurals. Plurals just take double. Right. So how will get hit? Correct. So this is going to affect both the warrior next to me and also Hal's going to take just the very tip end of it from the area of effect. Just the tip. But the good news is it's going to drag her to the ground and knock her prone. I love it. It's never just the tip. So I rolled a seven, but um, because I turned it into an intelligent spell secret, I'm also going to turn the force damage into necrotic damage. So literal ghostly hands reach up from the ground and pull her downward which means she's going to take a total of 14 doubled from her resistance to 28. Ooh. And if you fail your save, you're going to take seven. Okay. And uh, the warrior also takes seven. What's the save DC? 14 is my DC. This will go well. Damn. I rolled a 14, but I have minus one. <laughs> oh, no. I picked too good. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, too bad you used your inspiration. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I fail by one. Uh, I take seven, but as an Asamar, I resist necrotic. So I actually only take three. Nice. Hey. So the black hands wrap around her and drag her to the floor. They then take hold of the base of her wings and tear them free from her body. Oh, shit. God. A geyser of golden blood pours out of her back as she is forced to walk the plane with the common mortals. Hey, this is my floor. (laughs) (laughs) The hero soul is also dragged to the floor and torn to pieces by the black hands. Most of them just kind of slap at Hal. Yeah. (laughs) Just just gentle tappings. Hal high fives one. It's like pinching. You get like a nut nut check. Yeah. A little flick. (laughs) (laughs) She does not scream or cry out or groan. Instead, she just simply gasps and breathes heavy. But she is not deterred from her attack. As she has only used half of her move speed, she uses the remaining half to stand again and strike at you. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Worth it, I hope. The first strike is a 12. That hits exactly. Oh, no. As a reaction, I still got slots to spend. Okay. I'm going to cast shield. So my EC is 17 for the turn. Okay, cool, cool. And the second one is also a 12. Fuck this angel. Holy (laughs) shit. Her blade, singing with fire, comes down on you, crashing hard, and shatters your shield. And then when she comes back with the second strike, you are barely able to muster it again before it also is destroyed. And as the smoke clears, Iavos is gripping the baby blanket around his wrist, and it seems to resonate with the energy that deflected the blow, and he looks down on her, now taller than her, says... You have no strength against true family. (laughs) Good God. That brings it to the Bowman's turn, who strikes at Penny, bolstered by its extra big love uh, for with a 14 to hit. Penny, now with her shield, has a 15. Excellent. And the second attack is a 12. So, the creature swings at you with its longsword, and you're able to deftly avoid and block with your Aspita shield. That makes it your turn. Okay. I'm going to take another swing at this bowman. Sounds good. Just offering oh, get you a, out of here with that. I'm just offering you a d20. <laughs> <laughs> Nine. 
That is a nat 20. Hey! Very nice. From over here, I was like, that number looks big and chonky. Is that what I think it is? (laughs) It's a turtle. Aw. All right. Go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage. You rolled a natural turtle. (laughs) (laughs) A nat turdy. (laughs) Not a dirty turdy. (laughs) (laughs) You're to burgle your turts. You just can't roll anything particularly good. 2d6 for the sword is a total of 4 plus 3. Total of 7 damage. Ooh, not enough with a a crit. Do you have anything you'd like to follow up with? Mind you, uh, Gaspar is dying. Yeah, how's this guy doing after I hit him? Still standing, but barely holding on. Okay. I'm going to move around to his side closest to Gaspar. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to drop a healing word on Gaspar. Beautiful. With a second level spell slot. Okay. Yummy. Desperately trying to keep Gaspar alive. He's off wind. You get nine points back. I always give me ten. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the end of your turn? It is. Then that moves us to Hal, the nephew. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because the axe guy is dead now. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So she's looking rough. Very bad. Hal is going to run up next to Iavos. I'm going to take my shield and kind of shove it in front of Iavos and push him backwards. Mm. I do not fight this judge. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Hal's going to say, get back, Iavos. I've got this. Deal with Penny and Gaspar. Give this angel hell. <laughs> with pleasure. And I will make a strike against my aunt. Please do. I attack recklessly. Hmm. Why not? She's not prone. That should be fine. It's 20 total. That is? Yep. She gonna take a D8 plus a D4. I'm gonna dump a smite spell into Mm. this attack. So she's gonna take an extra 2D8. Can I add anything else? You can feel the overwhelming goodness of your aunt goodness in massive quotations this abstract warping of the idea of what it is to be righteous what it is to be good and you burn with fury your radiant consumption activates without an action nice okay so what is the final total for damage i deal 18 with my attack okay but with radiant consumption active she takes an additional five for my level excellent is that Radiant or fire? It is... It is radiant. That is radiant. Rounded down? Two, two. Which is, I shit you not, exactly the 66 damage it takes to fell this particular battle force angel. Hey, and I also accept the fact that I take five as well because I hurt you with my spell. (laughs) (laughs) You strike down with all of your might, your blade glowing with radiant energy. Fire engulfs her and ignites the black pools that surround her. She falls to her knees and drops her blade. As she's dissolving and beginning to return her essence to her home plane, I drive my sword through her chest, just like mom did to me as a seven-year-old boy. I lean in very close, and I say, Tell mom I said hi. Some viewers may have noted a conspicuous absence from the second round of the draft. 
Gaspar Aleph Nod has been recovered by the rest of the Team Gold Dragon following a kerfuffle in Michlan, within the Great Pyramid of Ilwika, the Infinite House of Worship. Great. Kerfuffle. Another word I can't pronounce. That place really twists my tongue. Yes, consonants can be tricky. What, those flaky little bread rolls? I thought it was pronounced crescent. It absolutely is not. Let me get this straight. So Johnny Nonoggin does the old pack of smokes routine and goes to church? Why for? Doesn't seem like that type to suddenly find God. It would appear he was abducted with the intent to break Team Gold Dragon. Reports vary and there seems to be some sort of moratorium on the incident. But suffice to say, the assailant was not associated with the League or its affiliates. And while the conflict did escalate, no serious injuries were reported. Save for one participant involved who is now missing a head. Did it, Dirk? Missing a head? I don't. I can be funny, too. Yeah, that was a real knob slapper. Not to go all fireball can't melt steel beams or anything, but how do we know they aren't affiliated? Maybe it's all a cover-up by the man. Dirk, you are the man. Wow. Thank you, Warren. That means a lot. No, you cabbage. You represent the League and its affiliates. The voice of the LUQ? Well, sure, but I always thought of myself as like a loose cannon. A renegade reporter who will scratch any sniff just to get his two scoops of cake batter blast. Okay. All right, tough guy. Just do the ad read. This uncompromising gumshoe is brought to you by Cone of Cold, now in Cake Batter Blast. Truly a beacon of integrity. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial overlords. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. 
they will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. And now a reading of the Jabberwockin. Twas Mowgli in the festive trow did damp and fragrify the bush. All tangled was the trouser wows, and crusty fuzzled was the tush. Beware the puba thatch, my child, with roots that itch and strands that hide. Beware the bush bush patch be wild, invasive of the nostrilide. He took the lawnmower 4.0. Purchased from Manscaped.com, long had the curlies been his foe. Buzzed smooth became the pubaton. His nostrils cleaned of sniffed mane. The weed whacker bore his tunnels pure. The potion smoothed and unguents tamed. Did fragrify with new allure. One, two, one, two, and through and through, the trimming tools went buzz and whack. His flesh exposed, no fuzz imposed, a statuesque hog neck and sack. And hast thou slayed the trouser funk? Come to my arms, my lover true. Oh, fragrant day, Kalu Kalei, you use the promo LUQ. Manscaped.com, the place to buy. New tools and tinctures just for you. Please use the code for one fifth off which comes with freest shipping, too. Fear not the bramble crotch, my dears, for buzzard blades shall serve thy skin. Use Manscaped for the bestest deals. These savings are a total win. Wow. Hey, all you cuties. Join me as we enter the middle. <laughs> it's my favorite time of year. October, autumn, Halloween, pumpkin Christmas. Anyway, as the spirits wander, my spirits are lifted by plastic bats, paper skeletons, and styrofoam headstones as far as the eye can see. I'm just going to put this out there, but if anyone sends us images of you or your friends with an LUQ-themed Halloween costume, I will lose my shit and definitely post it on social media with no less than 10 heart emojis. Time is almost up to submit your questions for the next LUQ&A. This episode is coming out on Monday the 17th, and that means you have until the 19th to either find the question spreadsheet in our Discord under the questions tab to add your own, or send your questions for the cast and crew via email or Twitter message. The choice is yours, just act fast. Your odds of being used are quite solid. We love Patreon. 
and our patrons because they make the show possible. If you want killer D&D rewards like maps, magic items, stat blocks, class builds, races, and bonus content, join the Patreon now. At the highest tiers, you can make a character to join the battle axis in the show's meta, or have your name mentioned during the mid-roll by joining one of our legendary teams. Our current teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, and the Ceaseless Horde, with Dave Blodinoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Patch Perryman, and Jeff Hammonds. For links to Patreon, the best Discord channel on Earth, merchandise, actors' pages, and everything LUQ, just visit the LUQ.com. To contact us for personal messages or advertising with the show, use admin at slapdashstudios.com. If you want to send us cool stuff, fan art, nerdy things, anything but homemade food, the P.O. Box is 230091 Tigered, Oregon 97281. I think I'll include no homemade beverages either, in case that matters. Follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for weekly Pokemon Soul Link Nuzlocks with me and Zach, LUQ episodes that premiere every Monday hosted by Dungeon Mistress Dana, and now we have Dana doing penny plays on Thursday evenings, which I'm very excited about, so be sure to join us for those. We'd love to see you on the Discord. It's awesome, and I bet it'd be even better with you. Anyway, thanks for being a fan. Thanks for being you. Thanks for sharing in our passion. That's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the battle axis. Hey, use get out of here with that. Dang, goblins. Is this you? Do you have problems with pests on your property of challenge rating 1 and lower? Are you menaced by minions? You need defense. Call Defense Guys for expert installation of defense. We'll get defense up and you won't be worrying about goblins, kobolds, coyotes. Troglodytes, Bullywugs, Bamba Noodles, Dia Squirrels, Sentient Vegetables, Animated Knickknacks, Rambadambas, Scrub Wuggles, Knife Cats, Ham Bandits, Taxis, Bone Sniffers, Night Ticklers, Blood Chuggers, Zombadgers, Quindle Fizzers, and Trouser Cobras, or any other annoying intruders. Up Defense! Get behind Defense! It's not a moat, it does a job. We use nails and wood. It's defense. You stand over the remains of your fallen aunt, the last remaining shreds of her metallic wings slowly dissolving in a pool of black and gold. The only remaining heroic soul drops to its knees and falls dead like a lifeless puppet. And there you stand, in this hallowed ground, having just killed a holy being. I'm just going to put my hand on Hal's shoulder as he's looking at the smoldering remains of his angel aunt. <laughs> it burns your hand as Hal's radiant consumption is going, but your touch extinguishes it, and with a it extinguishes and my hair returns to its normal coloration. Uncaring about the rest of the situation in this room, Penny sprints over to Gaspar and throws her arms around him. For a quick second, almost like a cornered animal, he sees a figure running towards him, so he reaches for the knife on the ground, uh, but realizes it's Penny just in time. Gaspar, I, I was so afraid. I thought something might have happened to you. Something did happen to me. I don't know why. Are you okay? She just starts hitting you with healing word after healing word after healing word. <laughs> I mean, my body's pretty torn. You oh. get back six. Oh. Another six. No, you're doing... Okay. And another seven. Yes. I am fine now. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, Gaspar, what ha- is your head okay? Do you need a new one? Just point someone out. I'll 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 take their head for you. That is the kindest offer anyone has made to me. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. The available corpses offer you a lizard folk head, an elf head, and a dwarf head. Wait. What head do I have right now? I can't really see it. Oh, it's it's off brand. Oh. <laughs> I'll take the elf. Penny's going to to nod enthusiastically and then skip over and then just behead this fucking elf with uh, with Zillow's. What a grim image. Yeah, when you're headed towards the elf, I'm just like quietly going, oh, I thought you meant anybody living. <laughs> Would you desecrate the bodies of the heroic dead? Uh, I told you exactly what I would do for my friends. Indeed. You see Tonatiwa standing at the doorway, holding the stone blade on his wrists. Once again, stone-faced, Penny glares at Tonatiwa as she marches back across the floor to Gaspar and hands him the elf head. To some warriors, this is an honor. Sorry about the conflict. We were attacked. I am aware. Oh, very well then. Are these friends of yours? You seem to be housing them in your ziggurat. All those who serve good have a home in this place. So... Kidnapping me was an act of good. No. Then they were not the ones who abducted me. They were. Well, I'm a little confused now. I must give asylum to any who represent good. The battle angel requested asylum. It was granted. Its intent, I suppose, was to withhold one member of your team, Gold Dragon so that you might fail to retain your independence and be forced to accept bids. The reason for this is unimportant to me. Well, I dare say they picked the worst one. Probably could have gotten out of there before we showed up. (laughs) I don't know why, but I felt like fighting. Well, again, sorry about the mess. Um, My friend does need to borrow your head, which I think is a fair reimbursement for being imprisoned within your temple. It is not my head. It belonged to the battle angel and its servant. I care not. Your violence was kept contained, and for that you have my appreciation. Though there is not much. Fine then. She can keep her head. It is a trophy. The creatures of this plane value your rights as victor. I, however, find it abhorrent. I've already made a mess of your home. So out of respect, and assuming that you are letting us go... I have no right to detain you. I have a question. Uh, when they kidnapped our friend, they must have taken his belongings. Would those be around here somewhere? If this is your domain? Presumably. Any idea where? I would guess in the office or study. Maybe in the locker room. May we search for them? Of course. But do depart quickly. Yes, we have plans, as it were. Maybe if we hurry, we can find your old head. It couldn't have decayed too much in this time. The whole time it has been suspended is how much it will decay. Oh, dear. So it went several weeks of decay in moments. I would imagine the eyeballs would go first. They usually do. Totally gross. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let us uh, find your belongings and then be on our way. Agreed. Never thought I'd feel so out of place in a realm of good, but here I am getting shivers down my spine. No one ever really feels at home in one of these planes. Halifon, you fight bravely. I would place a bid for you. I look at him. 
And I kind of bounce my head between my shoulders a little bit, a sort of a thinking motion. And I decide, don't bother. Uh, I think we're going to stick together. Save your bids for anyone but Eshpool. That sucks. I imagine your mother would have been very pleased. Oh, I imagine so too. That's half the reason I'm not. Oh. He begins to leave. And before he does, he turns to Gaspar and says, If you will serve Crom, you do not have a place here. I don't have many places to go to anyway. See to it that you do not commit your misdeeds here. Retribution will be swift. I'm usually very conscious about where I cause my misdeeds. You allowed them to bring me here. This is your wrongdoing. Wow. I can't believe how wrong you are. It's unbelievable. I think we should find our things and be going. To that, he simply walks away. Got him. (laughs) One more angel defeated. It was a dog man, not an angel. That's a celestial. Not all celestials are angels, just like not all celestials are gods. Understood. They have to come from the angel region of Celestia. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're just sparkling white white dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my lord. (laughs) You quickly find his equipment sitting in a bag in a what looks like some kind of office. Your stuff's all covered in melted bat head. (sighs) It was a shame. I was kind of growing attached to it. Yes, your skills you were practicing with it were quite keen. Yeah, now it's growing attached to this disc. <laughs> I will press to digitate the stink away and let you use your magic sham wow to clean up the rest. <laughs> Perfect. You soon depart and find your way out of Miklan. You have a day before you must return to the draft, during which I imagine you mostly sleep. Uh, perhaps we should share a room tonight so that none of us get kidnapped on the way to the next one. Yeah, apparently that is a threat. I should have glamoured some jammies. You didn't bring any glam jams? (laughs) (laughs) I'll invite them over to my room because I probably have the least furniture. (laughs) So there's room for bedrolls and stuff. And at this point now, since I've realized the utility, I'm just going to leave these three bells hanging from my necklace at all times. I like that. If I need to focus, I can tell whether any of you are dying (laughs) or dead. (laughs) It's something. And before they go to bed, you know, I'll put out the candle and sit in my bed and study my spell book before I sleep. As you draw your spell book from your book belt, something seems wrong, different. It is no longer the simple leather-bound book it once was. Where once there was leather, there are patches of vellum and other leathers slowly creeping outward. And in the center is an open eye. Slowly turn the pages. Inside, you find page upon page of cryptic writings, bizarre codes, and indecipherable symbols intermixed with your own spells and works. Iowa studies this. Seeing the pages change even as he turns them, begins to think about what he saw before his sleep and realize what this could mean. He closes it, looks it in the eye, and says, You're what I've been waiting for. You hear a scratching. I turn to the back of the book. You see the words, Do we live again? I'll take the quill off of my necklace and write underneath it, anew. You are now in possession of Opus, your new familiar. Yeah. A sentient book and the offspring of the codices. 
Uh, why don't you tell people what it can do? Yeah, I brought the stat block. What the <laughs> shit? Isn't that rad? Stork block. If, <laughs> if he gets a sentient book, I want like a cat. I, uh, I took the spell Find Familiar as my level four wizard spell uh, in preparation for having my little baby Opus. Yeah, baby. No, that's um, very cool. He's fucking weak as a living book would be. <laughs> he's vulnerable to fire. <laughs> no shit. Believe it or not. But that's why he gets tucked away. And the nice thing is now I can summon him to my fingers. And when he's not in use, I put him in a pocket dimension because that's what you can do with familiars. Nice. Uh, I have to feed it knowledge that I collect. If I don't feed it knowledge regularly, it will start to consume the spells that I have put into it. And then me. <laughs> oh. That's fine. In my experience, that doesn't typically come up in game very often. That sounds totally normal. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is I've been collecting a lot of knowledge, and every time we go out and do stuff, I can just fill it up. It also imparts knowledge, so once a day I can get advantage on any intelligence-based skill check as I look through the book to find the answer. Um, It also has the ability to cast message, minor illusion, alarm on itself, comprehend language, and identify. And if you get your hands in it, it has a plus zero to hit with its bite attack. Uh, and because it has an eye, I can actually use the familiar spell to see through its eye if I want. I love the so idea I of could, leaving it in a library. <laughs> right. Just having it read it or just giving it to Gaspar to stealth ahead and carry my book so I can be there with him looking. There you go. Yeah. So that's Opus. two different ways to see at a distance. <laughs> he is both the answer to my page from the Illuminator and my new familiar. I love it. You all find rest in Iobus's space, comforted by your personal ties. None of you are abducted in the night. Thankfully. Who's going to be my little spoon? (laughs) I'll little spoon. That's fine. Okay. We can little spoon my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll, yeah. Well, just a seven. I I can. Okay. No, we don't, we don't like this head. Penny's the big spoon. Gaspar is the little spoon. Your head is the littlest spoon. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was about to say like Gaspar is the big spoon. Penny is the little spoon and she's spooning the head. All all cute, but but tall Penny is probably bigger than than Gaspar. But no matter what order you go to sleep in, you always wake up with Hal holding it like a football (laughs) (laughs) in his sleep. He's he's running touchdowns in his sleep. (laughs) He's got a stiff arm out. It'd be be a rugby ball, too. There you go. He's he's sleep scoring. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone anyone who consents is at some point used by Penny as as a pillow or a blanket throughout the night. And Iavos does not sleep because now he's up all night reading the mysteries of the universe. I believe it. So, two days pass, and the morning of the third round draft has begun. You find your way back to the main stage. Everything sets up as normal. Your interest in the proceedings has diminished somewhat. And you are instead just waiting for the results. And they do inevitably come. The commissioner abstains. Glenn Armistice of the AAA bids five for Ophidian Ashpool. Mm. The Broken Court bids six for Penny. Ooh. Johann Goethe abstains, having already accomplished exactly what he intended. Tonatiwa, regardless, bids four for Hal, which is immediately outdone by Gorsenox's offer of six. Intention buys Bereg Rakahinya for three. And Abscissa Vinculum, yet again, offers six for Iabos. I look to Gaspar one more time. None of them thought I was worth it. (laughs) And I don't trust their judgment. At the end of the proceedings, you're once again faced with two options. The first is accept, but the second now says independence. 
Iavos holds his hand over the button, hovering, waiting for the weight of three more hands to press down upon it. Aww. If only this button actually did what it said it did. Gaspar will hover his hand over the independence button. Penny's hand joins her two companions. Hal walks up, puts his hand over the group of them and says, All right, we're not Gold Dragon anymore. We're probably going to have to name ourselves. And I slam my hand down and push all of theirs down onto the button together. As the mid-season draft draws to a close, the team formerly known as Gold Dragon is now an independent franchise, free to pursue their fate, whatever that may be. And with that, we close the book on the mid-season draft. Team Gold Dragon is officially an independent franchise, poised to move forward from their humble beginnings into greatness. You know, I can't do this. I told myself I'd call you Warren from now on out of respect for your wishes, but something just occurred to me. Warren is a dumb name. Announcer names should be memorable and crisp, like the first time you take a bite of soap because it's just gotta taste as good as it smells. It sounds like you're crawling through the field of broken glass that is your mind to say you're going to call me Rusty again. Is that the size of it? You know me well, Rust. I can't stop you from calling me whatever you want. I just hope I have the opportunity to return the favor in due time. Good luck finding a name I hate, Rusty. Like my pop always says, have you no shame? Turns out I don't. Speaking of things that are a disappointment, due to personal issues, Morgo the Great of Metal and Mana has stepped down leaving a hero slot wide open for Rieger Ringers. On top of that, Aura's administrator is desperately trying to put together a completely new hero team from the ring and local leagues after their total party wipe in the Axis. Meanwhile, after a long struggle in hero rank, Ain, the Goblin Warlock Ranger, has officially moved on to champion, taking a well-earned seat in the Wild Company. Wait, is it Ain? I thought it was Ain. Or Aina. There's no pronunciation guide, and it's mostly vowels. Well, anyway, good for them. Ein's an unexpected but perfect fit, like Aunt Judy's church blouse. Speaking of perfect fits, I assume Ophidian Ashpool is settling nicely into his spanking new team, the Battle Standard. Well, Dirk, it's not hard to settle into an empty space. It seems Glenn Armistice, Dean of the AAA and Administrator for the Standard, traded Gash Lorndahl, Smith Hedron, and Ula Brightshadow to make room for Ashpool's six-share bid. Rumor has it Armistice is planning to recruit the hungriest and most desperate heroes on the ring, spreading thin his remaining four shares. Man, one bad season and he tosses away his team like cheese wax that's lost its flavor. Will the lowered standards hurt the battle standard, or will Ophidian Ashpool be just the flag bearer they need? Only time will tell. <laughs> that's outro yeah that's outro that's baby okay. that I'm ready is. for outro I was Zach, Zach moved one piece of paper <sighs> and set it off to the side and I wasn't sure if that meant that he was readying a second piece of paper if we were done <laughs> it did kind of look like he might have He's another gone. thing to yeah. read no no we're good that is the end of episode three of this chapter wow yeah woo what's our MVP and who is the play MVP play a gay play a gay I mean Iavos is either MVP or play of the game for sure. Probably mm. play of the game for, um, 
your your planar bullshit that I'm very glad I was 20 feet away from you for. Planar bullshit and then managing to exactly beat the fucking attacks twice in a row with shield. Oh, okay, okay, okay. MVP Iavos mm-hmm. and then play of the game to Hal for exactly matching our opponent's hit points. Yes, God. That's good stuff. I was shocked. Like, you guys have really surprisingly often hit dead on for hit points. It do, it do happen. So. Yeah, it was a close call, though. Go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage there, Angelo. Rolled it off the table. Yep. You really need to get a dice tray or something. No, I refuse. Or just roll less like an insane person. Dana. <laughs> it's me. I'm the person. Okay, well, in that case, let's introduce our cast, starting with me, Michael Loving, playing Halifan Orison Jr., the second level paladin and third level barbarian of the Path of the Ancestral Guardian. I can reveal that now because I've used it. Yeah, baby. The Path of the All Stars. Yeah. (laughs) You know, some. (laughs) (laughs) Told. (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, my mom probably did at some point call me a loser with the shape of an L on her forehead. Oh, true. My name is Angelo Kalua. I play Gaspar, the headless rogue of the Phantom subclass, who just recently lost his nice bat boy head. Zach was so, tired of not being able to blind you. Sad day. We'll sad get you day. an even cooler head. The intent right. is to regularly give you interesting heads that, yeah. you know. I know, I know. Get the show on and get paid. It's Dana Ebert playing <laughs> Penny Farthing, the fawn bardlock. That is a Fey Warlock and a Valor Bard. Very happy to share that with all of you. Valor. <laughs> the Valor Bard. Ooh. Yeah. Wonderful. My name is Law. I am very warm right now. Me too. Um, it's got, it got a little toasty in here. And I play Iavos Isadora, uh, Taunter of Angels and Witness to the Withering Angel. Uh, withering Angel. The Withering Angel. We the, did that's witness a pretty a withering fucking angel. cool name. The Withering Angel. I love yeah. it. Uh, I'm going to turn on the air conditioning now. Yeah. Because all that glitters is gold. <laughs> Who gives a shit about audio quality when it's at the end roll? Nobody yeah, cares. It's warm. It'll get there. There you go. It just takes a minute. And I'm Dungeon Boy Zach Barkus. I am also the technical director for Slapdash Studios. I want to thank Hedegar the Editor for editing this episode and Marie Golden for making the, well, not making this map, but making other maps. Really good maps. Marie Man, Golden really breaks the mold. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're you, both shooting stars. Yeah. You heard uh, all the good stuff we have to say in the mid roll, so... Just make sure you check out the LUQ.com, check out our Patreon, check out all the things. And until next time, live, laugh, luck. <laughs> <laughs>